Happy new decade, unapologetically educated listeners. Like we're writing 2020 on paper. Insane, right? So as I started to get ready for this podcast, and this one is super important because we're going to be unpacking um, self-care part two today. But I wanted to just quickly reflect on some takeaways that I have, like we're coming from another decade into a new one and we're leaving one year and going into the next. And so my takeaway from for or from the last decade is to never say never. Y'all in 2009, I was a third grade classroom teacher. I was like passionate about mathematics and I'm still passionate about mathematics, but I had started this business where I was consulting um, elementary mathematics teachers, and I loved it because it was something that fulfilled me. But I was at a point in my life where teaching was so second nature for me. Um, It was something that I worked really hard at, but I loved every minute of it. I had never really seen failure at that level, and I was just rocking and rolling. So fast forward into 2019, I, in 2009, never thought I would be a principal. I thought I'm this math person. I'm going to be a math um, director for someone's district. And so as we come into 2019, I have never been a math director at anybody's district. I went from the classroom into school leadership as an assistant principal and then a principal. And I say that to say, never say what you will not be doing. I also said that I was going to retire doing something in relationship to elementary education. I am now a secondary principal. So the the moral of that story, again, is to never say never. But also, as long as you're walking in your purpose, whatever that is manifested, that is destined for you will happen. And so I believe if you're putting the right things out there, the right things will manifest in your life. It might not be what you thought you planned, but it will definitely be something that is worthwhile, something that you are working toward and it's going to make you a better person. My takeaway for 2019 is go for it. I have been wanting to do this podcast for about three years and something always got in my way. And even though, you know, I'm five episodes in and we've had, you know, some bumps in the road, um, I'm still learning this technology thing. I have become a better leader. I know people that I didn't know that reach out to me that said, you know, thank you so much for this. Thank you for being brutally honest with what it's like to be a principal in this time in our lives. So I say, if you have something that you want to do, do it, go for it, put a plan in place and strategically map out like how you're going to roll it out, but kick the door open, claim it. Um, because you never know when a, a good idea, a good goal goes to waste because we just don't implement. So those are my two takeaways, uh, for the decade and for the new year. So it's time to start setting those alarms on our phones back y'all. And before we do that, I want to like really 
do another self-care episode. We did the first one with Principal Amber Teeman um, from Wiley ISD in Texas. And she talked to us about kind of really how to unwind for the break and just kind of set some routines in place. Because if you're like me, it takes me a minute, even when I go on break, to stop working. So she literally, I did not do a lot of work and I actually feel a little bit bad, but a whole lot happy. And so today, though, we have Dr. Sinead Bell on the show, and she's going to talk to us about it's time to go back to work. We know this. The tension is in our shoulders. And so how do we as leaders go back to work but still create spaces in our lives for self-care? And like knowing that it's okay to jump off the wagon and get back on the wagon, it's okay as long as we're intentional with taking care of ourselves. And so before I let her introduce herself, I have to tell you a quick story. Dr. Bell first came to me in about two, about 2016. I am an avid reader of all things reading related. I don't care what it is. If it's good, I will read it. And so a friend of mine sent me this blog post that said, will the real disruptive educators please stand up? And I was like, wait a minute. Who's she talking about? But as I start reading the article, it was not a it was not a negative connotation. It was about as about being school leaders. Sometimes we have to go against the status quo as being an educator, period. Sometimes you have to know that, you know what? My kids need to be safe and taken care of before I can really worry about instruction. So if my kids don't feel safe in the classroom, if they don't feel safe in the building, it is our jobs to make sure that that happens first before learning can occur any kind of way instructionally. Um, It also says like, you know what, if there is a need and it's not in a handbook or not written as a protocol, if there is a need, I am duty bound to be disruptive enough to find that thing for my kids, for my teachers. And so um, I'm going to get passionate about it. I'm going to link it to um, the website so you can go on unapologeticallyeducated.com, go to episodes to retrieve the blog posts. But y'all, I'm going to let Dr. Bell introduce herself. Let's go. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. And then thanks for, um, I didn't know that story about um, the, the blog post. That has been one that has been so well received by many people. Um, and, you know, we often think of disrupt, disruptors as troublemakers, um, like those disruptive kids that you can't name any of your children after um, when you have them. But being a disruptor means just going against the grain, challenging the status quo. And so I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, but just a little bit about me. My name is Sinead Bell. Um, this is my 20th year in education, 15th year as an administrator, and I've done it all K-12. I was a high school teacher and a coach, middle school teacher middle school assistant principal, elementary principal, and now I am back at the greatest um, age group, in my opinion, and that's at the middle school level. <laughs> Poor babies are so messed up, they don't even know it, and I love it because every day is a new challenge. You never know what you're going to get for the day. So that's my quick bio of where I've been and where I am, and I'm just happy to be here to talk with you today. So some middle school principal is literally cringing right now because you talked about how amazing it was. And they're like, what? Where is she working at? I will say this um, is my first year as a secondary or a middle school principal. I've done elementary for almost 20 years. And 
I can tell you something's clearly wrong with me because I love it. Um, it's something weird and zany about being a middle school principal that either you thrive in this environment or you are already packing up your boxes to leave it <laughs> right. because it is so much. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, um, let's start out this self-care conversation. Again, we had self-care part one with Amber Teeman just to kind of get us going on the break. But now we're back in the work. The alarms are about to be reset on our phones. And so we fall off the wagon of self-care. And so I just want us to talk about um, what it looks like self-care when we are on the wagon. What does it look like when we are our best self-care selves and how we're operating on a daily basis? And it's not always perfect, people. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's dive in. Um, so I do fall off the wagon, but um, it's really important to, to get back on. But before you can get on any wagon, you have to establish a plan and figure out what works for you. So um, one thing that I do... Um, Number one, I get up early in the morning, um, about 4.30, and um, I am not, I was not a morning person. Like, it's not easy to get up at 4.30. I had to do that over a period of time to, to make that a part of my daily ritual, but getting up early gives me so much time in the morning. Um, I meditate. Um, I use the Calm app. There are lots of different apps out there, but that one was one that was introduced to me, and it was free uh, for educators, so um, if you're an educator listening to this, you can Go to the calm, calm.com, download the app, you get it free, you get the premium version. Um, but starting my day just with 10 minutes of meditation kind of helps center my day, clears my head, clears my thoughts, and kind of gets me focused. Um, so whatever works for you, um, you know, if it's some type of a study, Bible study, spiritual work, um, just starting centering yourself um, is something that really works for me. I also like to work out in the morning as well. Uh, the morning works for me only because the day, at the end of the day, I'm so tired. And if I don't get it done, then at least I know I already checked that off my list. So I'm already winning the day by starting with um, clearing my head and working my body out. Nothing long, an hour max. Um, hit the gym, uh, come back home, and I still have time to, to do all those things that's necessary to get the day going uh, for work. So those are two things that really helped me. Um, writing, I also spent some time writing um, when I was working on my book, 4.30 a.m., 6.30 a.m., two hours. My head was so clear. The flow mm. was great. Um, it, I was just being really intentional. So I think intentionality is really important when you're talking about self-care. Um, we often plan for other things to do and we're intentional about other things that has nothing to do with self-care really nothing to do with ourselves but being selfish um, and spending some time in the morning um, is a great way to, to kind of start your day and get you focused for the work okay so like um, I am not being my best self-care self and so one of the things that I want to not do in 2020 is when I get up in the morning, the first thing I do is I check my text messages, I check my emails, and it all, all automatically puts me in a mood um, because everybody, somebody's calling in or somebody's running late. And so it just throws my whole day off. And I don't know a better way to you know, let the people know that get to work ahead of me. Like, hey, these are people, like, I don't know how to manage that and not come to work with 
and you know, with that burden already, because I kind of start my day with it. And that's not good because that means I'm sending my kids off to school with that burden, um, sending my husband off to work with that burden. So um, do what do you do? And do you not check it until you get to work? How do you handle that? Because that's something I need to do. So I, I do not. I don't check. Um, I don't check my emails um, in the morning and I don't check them at night before I go to bed. I don't want to wake up to that. Oh, I don't want to go to bed no. to that on my brain. So, um, my philosophy is if it is a true emergency, people will call. Um, if they really need me, they know how to get in touch with me. So somebody not coming to work, um, if there's not a sub that's filled it, um, number one, you don't have to be the person that manages that. I have an amazing, um, assistant principal team and I have one assistant principal that gets to work at the crack of dawn in the morning. I have and one that, too. She takes care of the sub stuff like that. I mean, she's there early and that's, that's her deal. And so I, I kind of gave that away. Um, and so I don't have to manage that, but really, so when I get to work, we still have about 30 minutes, 30, 40 minutes before it's even time for kids to go to class. Well, that's enough time to figure out any emergency or coverage issue um, so that you can have that time in the morning. Because basically what you're essentially doing, you're getting up and that starts your work day if you start looking at your emails right away. So you are essentially working from, I don't know, five o'clock. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. Really, when you go to bed and you look at your email, nine, ten o'clock at night, you're working all day on day. Why would you do that to yourself? Like, you're right. No other profession does that to themselves. And we need to, when we leave, we need to turn it off. You know, and there'll be seasons where you have to work late and, you know, the spring is coming up. There's all kind of things that happen in the spring. But that should not be all day, every day, seven days a week. Like, that's not healthy and we're not modeling good practices for our teachers by always being available. And so you just have that conversation and let them know, you know, set those boundaries. Um, like it's, it's the evening. I remember I was at the, um, I was in uh, Washington for a conference and it was during the world series, you know, the Astros, we were in the world series, um, playing Washington. I was in Washington DC. So, you know, I was charged up, I was watching the game and this teacher texted me, um, and she wanted to know some name of, uh, it wasn't even anything relevant or important. It was Saturday. And so I texted her back. I said, Hey, shoot me an email. I'll get back to you on Monday. It's Saturday and I'm watching the World Series. Go spend time with your family. Um, it's a great thing. And that was my text back to her. Like, set those boundaries. I love that. that. Model that for people. Like, it's Saturday. This is not even important. We can talk about this Monday. Yes. So, um, so that's that's kind of one thing that I give myself permission to have boundaries. Everyone else has boundaries. I don't bother people on the weekend or in the evening with work-related stuff because we have we're at home. There's nothing we can do about it but talk about it. So let's just wait and talk about it when we can do something about it at the workplace. Okay. Well, I have been thoroughly checked and I appreciate it <laughs> because no, like that's the, that's the point of the podcast. You're so right. Like I was sitting here like, Oh my God, like I'm horrible. Um, hey, because no, I'm, just, I'm just here to help. I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta hear from somebody that's, that's in the shoes. Like that's just years of yes. doing that, being on that rat race and running that crazy train. And I'm like, you know what? I'm about to get off this crazy train. This is ridiculous. And so, so, like, really, let me share with you, like, how asinine I have been. And then once you said it, the light bulb just went off in my head. So I get up every morning and I check um, these emails and these texts to see who's, you know, not going to be at work or whatever. 
So as I'm frantically now, because I've wasted so much time doing this, I'm getting dressed and I'm a little frazzled. My early AP, shout out to Miss Bostic, she will text me and say, um, hey, who's out? I want to go ahead and set, you know, get things in place for the morning. So then I respond to her. So as you said this, all I have to do is train my AP on how to find out the subs in the system. I mean, the people that are out in the system. Um, and no one calls me. I mean, like, even if they do say that they're going to be, they're not going to be here, which is a system that we have on campus, you still got to email us. Um, mm -hmm. but she can go in the system and see it. I already have the plan in place because she does it in the morning anyway. I'm right. just the frantic one. So man, okay. That saved my life. That's going to be some pressure released from my life. Um, so I, I'm, I'm like at, at an awe because that just solved a big problem for me in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, so now you're at work and life is going really fast. Do you take a lunch break? Like uninterrupted every day? I absolutely do take a lunch break <laughs> every day. It's scheduled. It's on my calendar. Everyone else gets their 30 minutes of lunch. The children, the teachers, custodians, everybody in the building eats 30 minutes free. Nobody's bugging them. We protect their lunch. We okay? do. So why is it that everybody else gets to eat without being interrupted? And we seem to think that, well, we just don't get to have that because there's just so much to do. There's always going to be so much to do. So I think we have this notion that if we continue to work, that we'll eventually get everything done. And you're not. You're not going to ever get everything done. And so, yeah, I schedule the 30 minutes on my calendar. Uh, my secretary knows if I'm out and about, she'll say, hey, it's time for that appointment. And I'm like, hey, I got to go. It's time for me to eat. Um, I do not work while I eat. I um, will either read a book um, that of choice um, and may be a leadership book but I enjoy learning so to me that's just um, you know that's some downtime um, sometimes I'll play words with friends with my dad I'll get a couple moves in during my lunch break um, I I just don't do anything I'm not checking emails I'm just sitting sometimes I just look out the mirror or look out the window and just see what's happening outside so I just think that's really important you deserve 30 minutes you're working um, you know well, for you, you were working 5 a.m. to 9, 10 o'clock. Well, don't keep bringing so, it up. <laughs> you know, I'm, just, I'm just trying to make sure that I get that home. Yes, ma'am. deserve 30 minutes to eat and to, to take a break. Absolutely. So you talked about um, how you um, schedule when we were, you know, doing break. You talked about how you schedule days for certain things. And when you're out in the building, because you talked really about how there is this stigma that principals are supposed to be out amongst the people 24 hours, I mean, well, not 24 hours a day, but the entire school day out amongst the people. And then all of that paperwork, all of those campus improvement plans, all of that stuff that's, that's to your boss, or to the supervisor, that gets done after school. So talk to me about how do you manage that? So, yeah, you know, there's this whole whole movement that, you know, the principal should be out in the building all day, every day, everywhere in classrooms, 24-7. Like, that's, you can't, you can't maintain that. You can't sustain that. Um, and to just to be honest, there are things that you have to do that no one else can do. Number one, if someone else can do it, then they do it. If I only do the things that no one else can do, like, it's my responsibility, it's my job, I cannot give it away, no one else can do that. 
you build capacity in your people by giving them um, things to help grow them. And so when I'm doing the work that no one else can do in the building and I need uninterrupted um, time, everything is scheduled. So if I need 60 minutes to update the campus improvement plan, which is on my to-do list when I get back, it's already scheduled on my calendar for my next office day. 60 minutes, that's what I'm working on, no interruptions, and I get it done. So I don't have stacks of paper all over the place in my office. Everything is scheduled. It's intentional about what I'm doing and when I'm doing it to ensure that I get it done. And so when I'm out coaching, you know, I'm really intentional with that time as well. Like um, I say, I'm going to go to these three classrooms. I'm going to go to this chunk of lunch period. I'm going to go talk to these teachers during their PLC so that I'm being productive with my time. Um, and so really just time, it's called time bounding, scheduling every single activity. I leave winning um, the day. And so awesome. um, I'm really just really focused on, on that. Um, having those, I have like, three big goals that I try to finish each day and my daily big three. Um, and so, um, if I can finish those three, then I'm skipping out of there and I'm going home like check, I won the day. And so just really rethinking how we manage our time and not letting time manage us. Um, we're in control of everything that we do. We're in control of our calendar. We're in control of our actions. We're in control of our self care. So we are too busy trying to control other things that we can't even manage 30 minutes of lunch. We can't even manage getting up to go work out, like, we got to do a better job as leaders. Um, and, and I say that because I'm still a work in progress as well. Right. Um, I'm so glad that you, number one, I seen, and I'll talk about breakthrough coach in a minute, but I like this. And, and we didn't talk about this was the daily big three, how to win the day. Like I have three goals and if I get these done, girl, I'm successful and I'm out. Yep. I yep. love so that. that. That's, um, that's a whole nother podcast that I listen to. Um, Lead to Win is a great leadership podcast. It's not an uh, education leadership. It's just leadership across the industry. But um, they have great, um, great segments for leaders. So that's just something that I've picked up there. Oh, yeah. I most definitely linked that as well because, hey, I listen to Joan Maxwell. Like, I am a, like, uber fan of John Maxwell, but I love this idea, this premise, so I'm definitely going to look into it. But it sounds, too, um, like you've had Breakthrough Coach. I went with my old secretary, and I was dead set. Like, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And then, you know, my secretary got promoted, and then I was like, ah! and I have not. <laughs> so now I pretty much just, you know, I'm like a petulant child with my secretary because she doesn't, she knows something else should be happening. I feel like mm -hmm, because she mm -hmm. comes from corporate, but she's like, I don't really know education. Maybe this is the norm. So yeah. I probably need to get her to breakthrough coach. <laughs> probably. You should have already done that. Okay. Okay. But yes, ma'am. Put that on your to-do list when we finish this podcast. Go ahead and look up the date. So when you go to work on Monday, you can say, hey, go ahead and get us registered for this. Like, maximize her. Um, you know, I have a new secretary as well. She just started in October. I've been to the Breakthrough Coach three times. It has mm. taken that many times for me to get it ingrained into, to undo, to unlearn how to manage 
himself and how to manage the school more efficiently and effectively. It's a mind shift, totally. And so, um, you know, uh, leveraging that secretary that you have, that person is there to support you, to help you be better. And so when we don't train them properly and then allow them to tell us what to do, which is what they should be doing, then we're, we're totally setting ourselves up for failure because we are um, the number one resource that we have in the building. We're underutilizing it. And therefore, we're not even being able to maximize ourselves as leaders and then ourselves as individual people. So, um, you know, I, I'm just really intentional about um, implementing that system. And when I do uh, with 100% fidelity, it's amazing what I'm able to accomplish in the school. But then more importantly, what I'm able to accomplish at home for my family. That's awesome. So, yes, I am going to register. I think they will be back in Dallas in the summer. So I will go ahead and set that up because you're right. Yes, you you are so right. And so um, as we, you know, round out this 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 topic of self-care, a couple of things and, and I'm by no means, as you've heard today, doing um, the best job at self-care. But my two tips that I want to leave with principals is protect where you are. Because like my thing, I don't have time to meal prep. Like I just don't. Maybe now that I'll be, you know, going to bed and leaving work, I will have time to meal prep. (laughs) But I subscribe to like Amazon Prime now and Instacart and they bring my groceries that I need for the school, like my electrolyte water, my yogurt, nuts, anything that I need to eat healthy, they deliver to the school and I just put it in my refrigerator and we're good to go. And I don't have to worry about using DoorDash, which, you know, sometimes the pressure is on and I be, I will call Uber Eats or get something set up, but I'm not relying on that for nourishment because you have a plan in place. Um, The other thing is this year, I have my alarms on my iPhone set for every bell, every everything. And I made a commitment that when I returned to school to put two times in there, one for lunch and one for just a minute to decompress. Um, Sometimes you've come out of a very high intense art meeting. You've, you know, saw an evaluation or observed a teacher that is not, you know, it didn't go so well. And you dealt with a parent complaint and you're still going before you make rash decisions or decisions that may turn into something even bigger. Like maybe going and taking that 10 minutes to decompress and putting that, building that into your day so you have some woosah time before as you move throughout your day. Yeah. No, that those are two great tips. I love having your your daily, your your needs, your food stuff sent to the school. That's a pretty good idea. I haven't I haven't tried that. Um, you know, something that that I'm trying, um, I'm doing a meal delivery kit to the house um, because one thing that really kind of stresses me out every day is what are we going to eat for dinner and you know trying to satisfy three different people like what do you want I don't know I don't know and I'm like I cannot make another decision so um, we just started it I got my first box um, yesterday and so um, we're going to start that because my philosophy is if I can take care of three days during the week with that, then I'm fr- I'm fresh over the weekend. I can kind of cook and we can have some leftovers from Sunday to Monday. My meal delivery, I can cook that. I already know what I'm cooking. I have all the ingredients Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is I'm bringing some food home from work and then we're back at the weekend again. I think that's really going to free up some of my brain space um, and and reduce some okay. of my stress in trying to figure out what are we going to eat for dinner. So 
Um, but I haven't done the delivery of my lunch stuff to school. I may try that. It sounds like a really good idea. Yeah, because like Instacart, they will go to Costco and and Sam's for you. H-E-B, I love it. I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. You would go to Sam's for me? It's like, <laughs> she's like my alter ego, whoever the person is. Okay, so this, this meal delivery, the food comes like already, I guess, portion and you cook it? Yes, you do cook it. Okay. So it has, for example, um, I think we have like one meal is like some some burgers or something. I don't know. It came, the buns came, the beef came, all of the extra seasoning. That's awesome. Yeah, it all came in a bag and it's ice packed and all of that. And they give you the recipe card. So I still have to cook it, but I don't have to think about, oh, what can we eat? Like I already yes. have, the food is already there. I think it'll really help save uh, money in groceries and reduce the amount of food waste. Um, because it's already portion I order for four um, and so you know then we, we have it but um, I just have to cook it and each week it'll send you three you pick what you want um, and I do three meals a week and um, so I'm, I'm hopeful I'm very excited um, about that and then I do do the pick up your groceries and all of that I'm going to streamline that to do it every Monday the same stuff so if I'm doing this meal delivery I don't need to go try to figure out what can we eat and make a list it's just ordering the same stuff every week eggs milk bread you know, right. meat, and all of that stuff so um doing something a little different to try to to try to automate some things that we do at home so that I can free up time to do you know some of the things that I like to do you know play games do um puzzles, um, uh, listen to jazz, stuff like that. Um, so I can enjoy life, you know, just live. It's not about working all the time because you don't get to turn that off, um, as a principal. And then as a mom, for sure, you know, you work at school, then you come home, everybody has needs at home that you have to meet. And then at the end of the day, you're like, I'm so tired. I can't even keep my eyes open to, to take a shower at night. So yes. um, I'm just trying to, to streamline things, um, and, and just, be really intentional about how I'm serving others, but more importantly, being selfish and serving myself too. Thank you. I mean, like I know that I wrote down a whole lot. I have a whole side, whole page of just great ideas. Thank you so much um, for sharing these tips and, and just being very vulnerable in the space because we are not perfect as as school leaders, but as humans, period, we're, we're, we're flawed. And so knowing that we're constantly growing ourselves um, to be better in editing and making adjustments in this thing we call life. So when we come back from break, we will do our favorite, my favorite part of the show. Um, thank God a teacher raised me. See you in a bit. God a teacher raised me is not just for teachers. It's for anyone that comes into that building to do work with kids. It is for um, the teachers. It's for principals. It's for custodial staff. It's for paraprofessionals, cafeteria, anybody, coaches, anybody who make who makes a mark, leaves a mark on a kid's life that changes them for the better or inspires them to be better. So I will let Dr. Bell start. So this is a really hard uh, question because I've had a number of educators that have really impacted my life, but I, I think the person that I really want to give a shout out to um, would be my basketball coach. He was my basketball coach from sixth grade um, on to 12th grade. Um, and I chose him because he kind of did the extra 
Um, he just wasn't my coach at the, at the building. Um, my parents divorced when I was in sixth grade. So we went through a pretty tough time and I went from a stable two parent home to a single parent home. My mom was working. She couldn't really attend a lot of my games. Um, so getting to practices sometimes was a challenge. Um, and now back in this time, this is in the eighties. So can't really do this now but you know my coach would people pick me up from practice even in high school when we had basketball tournaments yeah, over the too. holiday break um he would make sure I had a ride to the to the to the games um he didn't know my situation but he knew that that I needed help and so he did the extra taking time away from his family um to make sure that I had what I need so that I could so that I can contribute and be a part of the team um and so I, I chose him because he had such a profound impact on my life um for those uh secondary years six through twelve I even coached um when I became a high school um teacher and I coached middle school and I channeled him when, when I did that so I, I would have to give that shout out to coach Kaiser for going above and beyond and doing the extra and not having to know uh, but knowing that there was a need and and making sure that he did what he could to, to meet that need shout out to coach Kaiser I will say you know coaches um, I was an athlete as well and you know again pick you up took you to practice you know weekends, weekdays, whatever it takes. And, yeah. and, and, and again, you can't necessarily do that, those things now, but the impact is still real of what coaches do for kids' lives. Um, I, my kids, I have a daughter that plays club volleyball and people say, you know, why would you do that? It takes a village. And mm-hmm. I am an educator, but I am by no means perfect. And I need all the help I can get raising my two kids. And so um, if a coach can inspire you and it's something that I've said, but he says it and it clicks, let's do it. Yeah. Um, and okay. so, again, shout out to Coach Kaiser. Um, I My shout out or my I thank God for is really and truly teachers going back to work. And I just want to say, I don't want to specify today any specific person. I know that going back to work this second semester, um, half time is over and people expect you to actually be refreshed. Right. Um, and that's not always the case. We have our own problems and, and holidays are not always the best time for everybody. And so just because you've been off for two weeks, you might been, you may have been going through some things. And so I say that to say, like, thank you for committing and dedicating and coming back to this work for kids. Um, the best of you and the worst of you, the fact that you show up every day for students is a plus, is a bonus. And so I, I wish you a phenomenal second semester. I hope that everything you want to do for kids happens this semester that you're able to to get it done but then also that you are making the time to take care of you um i dr bell has gotten on to me and i'm going to even be better in the year and so just making sure teachers that you take care of yourself but again thank you for taking the charge because people don't understand this job is an art form and just like you're a doctor it takes work to be a teacher. Like I wouldn't want a doctor operating on me that um, hadn't been trained since 1970. Amen. So you could have done a laparoscopic surgery, but you cut me completely open and made a five or 10 inch incision when it could have been a one inch. So I say in order to perfect your practice, um, you got to get better teachers. But I thank you for signing up 
to commit to work where you do have to constantly learn and grow. So have an amazing second semester. Um, Dr. Bell, thank you so, so, so much for coming on the show. It has been an eye opener. The tips that you gave were amazing. Um, I can't wait to link up with you. I am prophesizing that you will be at TEPSA, uh, <laughs> doing something probably in productivity. Um, but thank you so much for coming onto the show. Um, how can they find you on social media? How can they reach out to you? They want to know about Dr. Bell because you also have a book that you did not talk about. Yeah, so I am um, on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Sinead Bell, and my website is Um And my book, Be Excellent on Purpose, um, can be found on Amazon, uh, Target, Barnes & Noble, um, and it's just different strategies that have worked for me over the course of my career. And yes, I will be at TEPSA doing a master class, so hopefully I'll see you there. Um, you will this summer so um um easy to find on the web uh it's not very many sinays and not a whole lot of sinay bells i think i'm the only one out there so yeah. um, i'm happy to connect with other leaders and be a resource because we need one another in this work thank you so much i guess we both have the same type of name uh easiness <laughs> deidre hannibal there is no hannibals out there um yeah. and deidre's i know um yeah. so <laughs> No, thank you again for coming on the show. Um, Godspeed and blessings this second semester. Um, I hope you are everything that the teachers and kids need and um, taking care of you, taking care of family, so we can do the work that we love to do. And I will see you soon. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on the show. No problem. Thank you, team, for tuning in to another episode of Unapologetically Educated. Um, it was awesome having Dr. Bell on the show. I really liked receiving that critical feedback from her in regards to self-care. And I think as leaders, we have to be honest and open to receive feedback from people that we consider um, a part of our leadership tribe. Leader, school leadership is sometimes um, we're on an island, but you don't have to be on that island alone. And so being able to um, receive that feedback and then to be honest, I made some next steps like midship and things that I'm going to do differently. So I hope you found some things that you can use. Uh, I will link all of the things from our, that we discussed on the show today um, on unapologeticallyeducated.com and then you click the episodes tab and any type of resources that we talked about on today's show, even the Breakthrough Coach uh, link, we will link all those things on unapologeticallyeducated.com. So today's reflection comes from my man, John Maxwell. I like to call him the godfather of leadership. And so while we're in this season of making resolutions and changes, he sends out the Maxwell Minute every day um, through email. And I normally listen to it on my way to work, but um, today as I was listening, I heard this and I had to share with you. So John Maxwell says, there is no power in starting over unless you have learned from your last setback. Let me say that again. There is no power in starting over unless you have learned from your last setback. 
leaders, we have to make sure that whatever we're starting over, changing, implementing a new plan, you know, scratching it and doing it over, that we understand where the mistake occurred so that we don't make that mistake again. Because if not, we're just continuing the cycle of ineffectiveness. And so I hope that you take that reflection and really think about what does that mean for ourselves professionally and personally, our growth. Um, I want you guys to have a great first week back. Be blessed. And again, you know how to reach me, unapologeticallyeducated.com. Bye.